welcome to the City Point Church podcast. Thanks for joining us. Every day is an opportunity to take hold of. So we hope this message inspires you and builds your faith, that it helps you have more of a God perspective for your day. Enjoy. Now for those who are history buffs, yes, um, there really was a man. The majority of history scholars agree that there really was a man named Jesus, that he did live in Bethlehem and Israel, um, that he was crucified, and there are multiple sources where they saw him alive and resurrected afterwards. So just because you know about a man, even from historical documents, doesn't necessarily mean that you believe in him, though. You know, so I know that there's a guy named Muhammad Ali. He was a great boxer, but I, I don't put my faith in him. So knowing about something and having faith in is very different. Um, and as you know, for those who have been here for the last month or so, I've been doing a series on baptism, and I want to complete it today. And today is going to be about baptism in faith. All right, so we did baptism in water. We did baptism in fire. Now baptism in faith. Yeah. Um, the Greek word for baptism, as I mentioned last time, is baptismo, and it really means being pickled, like something that you're submerged in. Um, yeah, so that's why you can be baptized in water, which is the general thought line. But you can be actually baptized in fire, being immersed in it. Um, and of course, throughout the scripture, you've got other things like baptism in the Holy Spirit, which Pastor Graham it will be talking about next week, I believe. Um, also, the body says, oh, sorry, the, the, the Bible says that we are also baptized in the body of Christ, so in, in the body, which is cool. Um, also, that we are baptized, baptized in the death of Christ. So there's lots of things that we are baptized in, which is what we want to continue. Um, but we can't always assume that when we see the word baptized, that it means specifically water. All right, we can't assume that. Um, and that's why I think we should do it on faith. I, I really have a lot of respect for the miracles that are happening in this place over the last month, like Pastor Graham was mentioning. Like, the Spirit of God really is in this house. It really is. And, and we're seeing this outworking of miracles by faith. Oh, and a great example happened this morning, okay? So some of you might think that you know, we all get together in a meeting at the back and, and have a chat about all the secret stuff that we're going to, you know, talk about so that we all are on the same page. But that doesn't actually happen. So this morning, to give you an example, I'm in the room, um, we just finished getting ready, and Rachel said to me, my wife, she's like, John, I just saw a river of life, a river flow through the place. There's one really good rule to remember if ever you're going to teach doctrine or preach, Really good rule to remember. And this is what it is. If it can't be preached to every tribe, to every tongue, to the people in the gutter, to the people on the thrones, to the healthy or to the sick, to people with disability or champions, then it's unworthy doctrine. Which is why someone even mentioned, they said, oh, your Christmas production, it is so multicultural. I'm like, that's because the gospel message can be preached to everybody. Everybody. Um, often, you know, if you get onto YouTube and you type in faith, <laughs> you're going to get a bunch of stuff. 
Uh, and often their teaching about faith is seen through a cultural perspective, like their own personal worldview. Um, so, you know, you're going to have the Jewish cultural claim that they have the correct faith. You've got the Islamic cultural claim that they have the correct faith. Um, you've got Asia, India, Europeans, like everyone, everyone's talking about the faith that they have. Um, but let's remember that even for faith, we have to apply that rule. Is faith, the faith that you believe, powerful enough to penetrate every person? Every person. That's what I love about the Christmas message. Oh, gosh, I just, I love the fact that God Almighty came as a child, and his whole life was dedicated just to saving you. And it's like, and me. (laughs) That you can tell everybody. And all the stuff that we, even what we teach from the pulpit and preach, I don't think any of it is as important as that one message. It's like the power of the cross, the power of the life of Jesus. Faith will radically change who you are, but not your skin color. (laughs) Faith penetrates the darkness of this world, but it brightens the culture of, the colors of culture. It actually brightens the color of cultures. Yeah, it's like a good, um, you know, like clothing spray. If you get a stain, you spray it with the pre-stain removal stuff, then you throw it in with the wash. Keeps the colors. (laughs) Removes the stain. Yeah, I saw that on an ad. I'm like, yeah, that's the gospel. (laughs) See, it works on the bad and enhances the good. It really does. Yeah. And that's what faith will do in your life through the blood, power of Jesus, and the power of the Holy Spirit. So point one is what is your conviction? What is your conviction? In Ephesians 2 verse 8, it says, For it is by grace you have been saved through faith. I do hear people say, it's faith that saves you. I'm like, no, it's grace. It's grace through faith. Um, The word there, faith, the Greek word is pistis. I like this. If you look up the um, cultural and the historical meaning of pistis, it is conviction of truth. Yeah. For by grace, you have been saved through the conviction of truth. Um, In Luke 18, verse 8, it says, However, when the Son of Man comes, will he find pistis? Will he find faith? Will he find conviction of truth on the earth? And don't we live in a society where truth is so abstract? Everyone's living to their own truth. It's my truth, not your truth. Is that true? (laughs) It's just like, there is no truth. (laughs) Is that true? Yeah. It's like, it's really not hard to overcome that really ridiculous statement. Okay. Um, so point two, we're going to get through this, is in faith. In faith. I want to explain a little bit about context. Because whenever we read scripture, we really need to read things in context. The gospel message, oh, what I love about the gospel message again, is that the context of the gospel message is the entire world. <laughs> it is like every tribe, every tongue, every person. So you can't get that wrong. I love it. But there are things in Scripture that you need to read in its context to kind of get a better idea of what it means. I'll give you an example. There's this beautiful little sign I saw. Um, It's for kitchens. And you put it in your kitchen, and it's a reminder to the cook 
to live a little. You know, sometimes as a cook, I'm not a cook, thank goodness, all right, but I love cooks. They're awesome people. <laughs> yeah. You know, so it's a reminder to the cook to live life and not just so, get so caught up in the task. And this is what the sign says. It says, I'm going to double check, yeah, life is short, lick the bowl. I'm like, yeah, that's pretty cool. The thing is, literally, last week, I saw that exact same sign in a toilet cubicle. <laughs> I really did. I was like, context is pretty important. <laughs> it's a great way to make your life short. <laughs> All right, so how is faith related to baptism? Well, you might have heard some people say that you have to be baptized to be saved. Let's have a look at that one. If you read the verse about baptism, and it's used a lot in a lot of churches, all right, it's in Mark 16, 16. This is what it says. It says, he who believes and is baptized will be saved, but he who does not believe will be condemned. Interesting. So what is this verse about? Faith. <laughs> belief. It's really interesting. Is water even mentioned once in that verse? No, it's not. But the word believe is mentioned twice. Because you can be baptized in faith. Read it again. He who believes and is baptized will be saved, but he who does not believe will be condemned. Because the assumption is water, and that's fine if it is. But if you want to look at the context, there's something beautiful about placing your belief in Christ. In Galatians 3, verse 27, Paul says, For as many of you as were baptized into Christ have put on Christ. The word they're into, it's a Greek word, ace, and it means jumping into, like literally into. We're talking about a river this morning. River. You know, you can sit on the banks and watch the river, or you can jump into the river and be submerged by it. That's what this word means. Ace means into. So when Paul says here, as many as were baptized into Christ, it we're talking about full submersion into who Christ is. And they've put on Christ. Believe into. Now, the translators whenever they say um, by faith, they're not trying to change the word, okay? They're not trying to make the Bible wrong. It's just sometimes into or in doesn't work as well as by, okay? So don't, don't think I'm trying to neglect what the translators are saying through Scripture. Um, but it is so important when it comes to faith that we understand that, yes, we do things by faith, but we can live in faith, in Christ, not just by faith. And how are we baptized into Christ? Yeah, faith. Faith in Him. In Philippians 3 verse 9, it says, And be found in Him. In Christ. The Greek word there is ain. I'll explain that in a minute. It says, And be found in Christ, not having my own righteousness, which is from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ. 
the righteousness which is from God by faith. There you go, see? In that one verse, you've got both. In Christ, by faith. Into, in. That Greek word there, ain. No, I like this one. Actually, no, let's do, um, let's do uh, 2 Corinthians 5, verse 21 first, and I'll tell you about Ain. Ain's pretty great in when it concerns faith. Uh, but 2 Corinthians 5, 21 says this, For he made him who knew no sin, speaking of Jesus, who knew no sin to be sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God in him, in Christ. All right, so Ain, in Greek, uh, Greek, Greek, ain, English, in. I know, it's crazy. This is what it means. It means in place, in time, in state. So it's not just metaphorical. It is, it is multidimensional. It's where you are literally in, fully, obs- fully absorbed, in, in place, in time, in time, in a perfect state, like in state, so when we say that in, we're in Christ, it is not like, oh, we're in Christ. We mean submerged, deeply submerged at every point in our life in a full state of submersion. And that's where we find the righteousness of Christ. When people say, oh, you're the righteousness of Christ, but, you know, you still do horribly stinking things. Yeah, but I'm submerged fully submerged in who he is. And because of that, we're the righteousness of Christ. Amen. Point three, live by faith. In um, Habakkuk 2 verse 4, it says this, Behold, his soul is puffed up. It's speaking about the enemy at this point, all right? It is not upright within him, but the righteous The righteous shall live by his faith. The righteous shall live by his faith. The interesting thing about this verse, where it says by his faith, it's one Hebrew word. It's be-emunato. Now, whenever you see the letter be, it doesn't mean by, it means in. In. So here it says the righteous shall live in his faith by doing things sure but in in his faith he doesn't just try to use faith or tries to conjure up faith and um, because a righteous person is fully in christ and in faith it's not just believing on in and there's two ways to read this verse one the righteous live by faith which is fine as in you know i'll live by faith not by sight God will provide. God will heal. By faith. Awesome. But then the other way to read this is the righteous live by faith. They come alive by faith. Faith actually generates them and they get up with a, ooh, time to do stuff. I'm alive. I, um, I was telling Rachel this morning, uh, Wes Hone, he put up a video, and then he said, what made it motivates you to get up in the morning? And I responded with, usually my bladder. <laughs> and yeah, it's true, eh? It's just like, otherwise I'd just stay in bed a lot longer. <laughs> but, but just like that, faith. Faith, are you alive? Does it make you get up? Because 
Um, a dead body doesn't feel anything. Get this. If, you can, if you've got a dead body, you can basically dump a car on it and it won't feel a thing. But it does if it's alive. Whenever I hear of people and they're like, oh man, the condition of this world, it just made me want to cry. Like when I see homeless people, when I see the broken, man, it just motivates me to do stuff. I'm like, ah, you have faith. Because a dead person feels nothing. But someone who's alive, motivated. Why do you think we do hampers? It's not so that we're famous. <laughs> My gosh, no. Thank you, Jesus, for that. I want to make Jesus famous. I make Jesus famous. So we give. We're generous. We come here, we do music productions because we're alive. And that's what living in faith is. Try to be, people like, you know, they look, oh, those Christians, they just think they're so good. No, we're actually trying to be better people because we're alive. Why do she rescue? Helping little girls out of sex slavery. Faith. That's why. Musicians, you can come up now. That'd be great. <laughs> oh, there we are. Lovely. <sighs> Let's go through to Hebrews. Hebrews is amazing. Hebrews 11. Hebrews 11 is known as the faith chapter. Um, but I, I want to bring it in the context of what it, it kind of, what actually does say in the Hebrew, uh, and it's to do with being in faith, all right? It says a lot of by faith, all these amazing people did stuff, but the, the Hebrew word's in, which is pretty cool. It says this, in Hebrews 11, uh, verses 1 or 2, it says, now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen, for by it the elders obtained a good report. Right? The elders. When it says elders there, it means you know, the people in the Old Testament, in the Old Testament and our patriarchs and the people who helped establish the faith. Um, but it, it actually says, there's, you know, it says, for by it, for by it the elders obtained. That, that word there, by, is that Greek word, ain. In. In it. For by it... No, for in it, not by, in it, living in it. They weren't just conjuring up faith for their day-to-day -day circumstances. They were in faith. It was part of their life. They were in faith. In faith, the elders did great things. I like this. And we'll get through it. But eventually, this, this whole chapter says, eventually they died in faith. Because faith doesn't leave you on death. You carry it. Think about Elisha. Oh, I'm missing my notes now. But think about Elisha. It says that Elisha's grave, that they, um, years after Elisha's death, they threw someone into the grave of Elisha, and the guy came alive. Just his bones. It's like, oh, how did his bones make someone else come alive? Because he was submerged in faith. And it didn't, it wasn't like a spirit soul thing only. Every part of Elisha was in faith. So starting with verse 3. I like this. This is in Hebrews 11, continuing. It says, In faith, we understand that the universe was created by the Word of God. In faith, Abel offered to God a more acceptable sacrifice than Cain. <laughs> 
faith. Not just by faith, in faith. Enoch was taken up so that he didn't see death. I like that one. (laughs) And without faith, it is impossible to please him. For whoever would draw near to God, I like this, for whoever would draw near to God must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who seek him. Amen. In faith, Noah, being warned by God about the upcoming flood, in reverent fear, constructed an ark for the saving of his household. In faith, Abraham obeyed when he was called out to go into a place that he was to receive as an inheritance. See, he saw the inheritance. He didn't just believe by faith. It wasn't like, oh, you know, I'm just, I'm just hoping, that, you know, I'm believing there's an inheritance out there. In faith, he walked in faith. He's like, of course there is. In faith, he went to live in the land of promise. In faith, Sarah herself received the power to conceive, even when she was past the age of childbearing. In faith, the people crossed the Red Sea as on dry land, but the Egyptians, when they attempted to do the same, were drowned. Lovely people, pick this up. Think. The Egyptians did the exact same thing as the Israelites, but they did not do it in faith. And because of that, the waters collapsed around. It's not just actions. In faith. In faith. Same action, no faith. In faith, Rahab, the prostitute, didn't perish with those who were disobedient in Jericho because she had given a friendly welcome to the spies. And then it continues in verse 32. It says, and what more shall I say? It's like us this morning. Man, we've had so many miracles in this place. What more should we say to convince you that the Spirit of God is active? And that we can have faith in His promises and faith in who He is and live in faith as we come to church and not just in church, every day. Verse 32, And what more shall we say? For time would fail me to tell me of Gideon, Barak, Samson, Jathah, of David and Samuel, and who were the prophets? Like this, Who through faith, the faith they were living in, conquered kingdoms, enforced justice, obtained promises, stopped the mouths of lions, quenched the power of fire, escaped the edge of the sword, were made strong out of weakness, became mighty in war, put foreign armies to flight. Women received back their dead by resurrection. And then also, in faith, some were tortured, refusing to accept release so that they might rise again to a better life. Others suffered suffered mocking and floggings and even chains and imprisonment. They were stoned. They were sawn in two. They were killed with the sword. They went about, this is all in Scripture, they went about in skins of sheep and goats, destitute, afflicted, mistreated, and you think, what kind of faith is that? It's the kind of faith that knew that this world was not for them and that the next one was. They saw the promise of God and they lived every life in faith.
Imagine this. This is probably the only or the best way I can explain how living in faith looks like. It's a struggle. It really is. But if I said to you, hey, I've just bought you a Lamborghini. Lamborghini Diablo, they're my favorite. And it's yours, like it's totally yours. There's, there's nothing, not, no strings attached. It's totally yours. But you kind of have to wait for your old car to die out. It's yours, but just finish with your old car first. Well, guess what? You suddenly stop worrying about your current car. I mean, you got to wash it because you want to be presentable. But in your heart, you're thinking, God, I hope this thing dies tomorrow. <laughs> because you're looking forward to the promise. And it's like all your worries about the current car disappear. And when it gives you problems and heartaches, it really is. It's okay, I've got a new one. I've got a new one. Because your mind... And your life is in faith. Are you living in faith? By faith we are saved through, well, it's not through, through grace. It's actually grace through faith. We are saved, but there's an element of faith there. So if you've already believed on Christ, then yes, you're saved. But how about we go the next step where we just submerge yourselves in faith not so caught up in temporal things not so caught up in the things of this world as real as they are I love this saying it's like it's it's just puppy love but it's real for the puppies that's what life is like hey? it's like it's just this life it's real for us but it's just this life let's look forward